You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, May 23rd. Coming up today. Still no deal. President Biden and Speaker McCarthy meet again to try to avert a default. Two Fed officials and Jamie Dimon expect more rate increases. Saudi Arabia sends a warning to oil short sellers from the Qatar Economic Forum. And Yelp shares surge as an activist pushes a sale. Looks like subway and bus fares are going up. Donald Trump's accuser amends her lawsuit. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stash. Aaron Sports. The Nuggets finished a sweep of the Lakers. Another win for the Florida Panthers. Yankees host the Orioles tonight. The Mets visit the Cubs. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, they're still talking, but there's still no deal. That's where things stand in debt ceiling negotiations between President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, with the earliest possible default now just nine days away. Speaker McCarthy says last night's discussions were productive, but the Republican position is clear. We're not going to raise taxes because we bring in more money than we ever have. And we're not going to pass a clean debt ceiling. And we've got to spend less than we spent this year. And so everything else is open for negotiations. But that is at the end of the day, it has to fit in that place. President Biden released a statement after the meeting. He says he reiterated that default is off the table and the only way to move forward is to reach a bipartisan agreement. Speaker McCarthy says he plans to speak with the president every day until they reach a deal. Well, Nathan, the stalemate comes amid another warning from Janet Yellen. The Treasury Secretary says it's now, quote, highly likely that her department will run out of sufficient cash in early June. In fact, she repeated her warning that the moment could come as soon as June 1st. And as debt limit talks continue, Karen, reaction pours in on both sides of the aisle. Former Democratic Senator Barbara Boxer says President Biden shouldn't have to negotiate. I do trust the president. I don't like the fact that there is a negotiation. I personally liked it better when he said he wasn't going to, but it is what it is. And former Senator Boxer says she trusts the president not to give in on his positions. Meanwhile, former acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney says Speaker McCarthy has done a good job. I mean, Kevin feels like he has held up his end of the bargain. He got his extreme right wing on board with a package that nobody thought he could pass. No one thought he could pass any package to raise the debt ceiling, but he did. Now, I think if you ask Kevin and El Candor what he's worried about, 
because he doesn't think that Biden has control over his progressive wing the same way that Kevin is working with his right wing. Mick Mulvaney and Barbara Boxer were both guests on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio or listen on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Well, as investors deal with the possibility of a debt default, Nathan, the prospect of more rate hikes may also be in the cards. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard says he's backing more hikes this year to quell inflation. I'm thinking, you know, two more moves this year. Now, exactly where those would be this year, I don't know, but I've often advocated sooner rather than later. You want to get the downward pressure on inflation while you can. And also, you know, you want to fight inflation while the labor market's really strong. And Bullard's call for more tightening is echoed by fellow policymaker Neil Kashkari. The Minneapolis Fed president says that if the central bank does pause, it should not be taken as a sign that tightening is over. Well, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is also predicting more rate hikes, Karen. He spoke at the bank's Investor Day in New York. I think everyone should be prepared for rates going higher from here. You know, that if, that five, if 5% is not enough in Fed funds, if I, and I've been advising this to clients and banks, you should be prepared for 6 Seven. Jamie Dimon, who's 67 years old, says he is still invigorated and has no plans to quit anytime soon. Well, turning to the commodity markets now, Nathan, a warning from Saudi Arabia's top energy official to oil short sellers a week before OPEC Plus's next meeting. I don't have to show my cards. I'm not a poker player and I don't know poker, how to play poker, but I got it from a movie somewhere. But. <laughs> <laughs> But I would just tell them, watch out. And that was Saudi Energy Minister Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman speaking earlier this morning at the Qatar Economic Forum in Doha. And checking oil right now, NYMEX crude oil is down a third of a percent at $71.82 a barrel. In corporate news this morning, Karen, TikTok is soon going to grant Oracle full access to its source code, its algorithm, and its content moderation material. More from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The plan aims to alleviate criticism from U.S. policymakers who worry TikTok's ownership by China's ByteDance opens the door to influence her data collection by the Chinese government. Now TikTok's data for U.S. users will be cordoned off and its technology reviewed by partners like Oracle to assess security risk. Oracle will also begin monitoring the controlled gateways where data comes in and out of the secure environment Oracle set up on servers to host data from TikTok's U.S. users. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thanks. Well, shares of Yelp up 14% in early trading. The Wall Street Journal reporting an activist investor has called for the company to look into a sale and other strategic options. The paper says TCS Capital Management plans to deliver a letter to Yelp's board later today in which it makes the case for a sale. In other earnings news, Karen, Zoom Videos raised its full-year sales forecast. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet reports. It is a positive sign for the software maker's effort to continue growing in a post-pandemic world. The San Jose-based company said revenue for the fiscal year ending in January 2025 will be $4.47 to $4.49 billion. That is up from an earlier outlook of about $4.44 billion. Zoom, which burst into public consciousness during the height of the pandemic, is fighting to reverse a slowdown in growth for its video communication service by expanding its tools for business. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we are joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning, Nathan. With subway and bus fares maybe going up, 
The Metropolitan Transportation Authority planning to boost its fares and tolls in late August as the largest U.S. transit provider looks to collect more revenue to help close budget deficits. The MTA considering boosting the cost of a single subway or bus ride to $2.90, up from $2.75. It needs the extra cash as ridership has yet to match pre-pandemic levels. Weekday subway ridership is about 70% of what it was in 2019. The New York author who won a $5 billion sexual abuse trial against Donald Trump this month is seeking new damages. That story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. E. Jean Carroll has asked a federal judge in Manhattan to allow additional details in the suit in which she claims Trump defamed her. She wants to add remarks he made about her on a recent CNN town hall. She's now demanding $10 million. During the televised town hall, which aired one day after a sexual abuse verdict against the former president, Trump lashed out at Carroll. He called her allegations a fake story and dismissed her as a whack job in the question and answer session from New Hampshire. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. U.S. Labor Board prosecutors allege in a complaint Amazon repeatedly violated federal labor law at its sole unionized warehouse on Staten Island. In a filing, the National Labor Relations Board regional director writes that Amazon unilaterally changed policies and terminated union supporters. Republican South Carolina Senator Tim Scott joining what is likely to become a packed race for the GOP nomination and will go toe-to-toe with contenders like former President Donald Trump. During his remarks at the announcement rally, Scott described the country under the Biden administration as a nation in retreat that's under attack from the far left. They're attacking our American values, our schools, our economy, and our security. But not on my watch. Not on my watch. A word this morning that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has met with troops at the front line of Ukraine's Donetsk region. His visit may be a much-needed boost to morale. The eastern Ukrainian town of Bakhmut was just captured by Russian forces after more than 220 days of house-to-house fighting. Global News, 24 hours a day. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. If the Heat beat the Celtics tonight, Game 4 in Miami, then the NBA will have something it hasn't had since 1957. Two series sweeps going into the finals. Game 4 in the West and in L.A. Lakers looked like they were going to stay alive. They led Denver by 15 at the half and then got outscored by 20 in the third quarter. The Nuggets won 113-111. It's their first ever series sweep, their first ever trip. To the NBA Finals, Nikola Jokic, 30 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists. LeBron James scored 40, 31 in the first half, but he missed two game-tying shots down the stretch. And LeBron then surprised many by hinting at retirement. If the Heat win tonight, they're into the Finals as an eight seed. The hockey team from South Florida also one win from an East Final sweep on a trip to the Stanley Cup Final as an eight seed. The Panthers topped Carolina 1-0. Florida has won 10 of its last 11 playoff games and nine of the 10 wins have been by one goal. Yankees back at the stadium tonight to play Baltimore. Here's Aaron Boone after the 6-1 and one road trip. I'm excited about how well this team is competing. Um, their level of, of, again, walk in with edge, prepare, 
and compete. And they're doing that at a high level right now. Eric Cole tonight facing the much-improved Orioles, who have baseball's second-best record. Mets and Cubs at Wrigley. Mets going for a sixth-grade win. Tiger Woods made official he won't play next month's U.S. Open. Tom Brady has officially become a minority owner in the Las Vegas Raiders. NFL approved flexing some Thursday night games. Good for TV, but the Jets and Giants both voted no, feeling it was unfair to fans who attend the games. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager with the U.S. now just nine days from a potentially catastrophic default on its debt. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has emerged from his latest meeting with President Biden without a deal, but with a promise to keep talking. We know the deadline. I think the president and I are going to talk every day to try to find until we get this done. And that was Speaker McCarthy following that White House meeting last night. For more, we are joined from Washington by Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick, who has been following these discussions uh, for weeks now. Jack, good morning. We keep hearing from both sides that the talks are productive, but they haven't produced a deal just yet. So where do things stand this morning? Well, they they can't really uh, lock any partial agreement in until everything is agreed to. So they're still talking about all the issues we've heard about. They're talking about spending uh, cuts and then caps on out-year spending. Uh, The energy permitting uh, expedited measures are are still under discussion. Uh, Work requirements for nutrition aid are still under discussion. Uh, And they're they're probably not going to announce that they've agreed on some portion of it until they've got the whole thing locked in. Um, they they seem to all understand that this needs to happen by very early June. Uh, they're working under the assumption that June 1st is the deadline, and there really hasn't been any information that conflicts with that. It does look like the, the deadline absolutely could be in early June. Um, they, they want to get this 
you know, a handshake deal done as soon as possible because McCarthy is determined to give his members 72 hours to review it before he asks for a vote. And then, of course, you've still got to get it through the Senate. Uh, so they're they're kind of up against the wall here uh, in terms of timing and sticking to their own schedule of allowing members to read something. So there's there's an expectation that they're going to really push to get something out, if not today, then absolutely as soon as possible. Yeah, you laid out a long list of bullet points there where there remains disagreement and uh, laid out very nicely uh, how little time there is. Does that leave enough time to get an agreement on all those points or can they just agree on a few things and uh, move something forward that can at least avert a default? Well, some things can kind of fall off the map. And even recently, there have been other uh, proposals that kind of quickly got taken off the table. The White House has brought up um, increased revenues, closing tax loopholes, and the Republicans have been pushing back against that. Uh, the, you know, but the, the core of it really is a conversation about limiting spending, find, de- deciding how much they want to cut from discretionary spending in the next year, and then how low they want to cap it in the out years. Um, a, a lot of things could fall into place if they agree on that. It's basically that they, they need to agree on a budgetary framework, uh, and that's difficult to do to get something that McCarthy and Biden can sell to their members and get through the House and get 60 votes in the Senate. Uh, but it, it is absolutely possible that, you know, that's just a matter of numbers. They could agree to something very quickly if they are both determined to make some concessions and get this done. Yeah, there, that is the the question. You can have a framework, but there remains the question of whether it can garner enough support to pass both chambers of Congress. Do you get a sense that there would be enough bipartisan agreement to move a framework deal forward? If it gets those two principal negotiators on board, that is a very good sign. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that. McCarthy needs something that is weighted toward Republican support. They can they can rely on Democratic votes. They don't need 218 Republican votes in the House, uh, but he needs definitely the majority of his conference, maybe something more comfortable, maybe two thirds to support this. Uh, they, they, the Senate could get complicated. You could uh, put Senator Schumer, the majority leader, in a tough position if there are more Republicans supportive of the measure than Democrats. Uh, but it is considered a pretty safe bet that this can get 60 votes if it's got the House majority behind it and a Democratic president. It, it really then would be more of a uh, a concern about political leaders' uh, popularity among their own members. Uh, but if they get these two negotiators, the president and the Speaker of the House on board, then it's got a very, very good chance in, in both chamber, chambers. Only about 30 seconds left here, Jack. Is there any reason to think the next round of discussions could be any different, could get us closer to a deal? We're basically in continuous negotiations, even when McCarthy and Biden aren't meeting. They've got their point people talking, and McCarthy said he may call the president on the phone if necessary. Uh, So it's not even rounds of negotiations. It's that we're all sort of waiting on news of a deal at almost any moment, probably not the early morning. But, uh, yes, they they are that close, it seems, that it it could come uh, in the next round or even before a major meeting. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.